Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today I will be having a conversation with Pastor Christian about our second message in the new series entitled My Dysfunctional Family, Learning to Love Difficult People. Pastor Christian, this Sunday you impact the cause of a lot of tension that exists in the family, and that is when we don't properly understand our roles within the family. You showed us in the life of Joseph, and you showed this in the life of of the family of Jesus. In, In your ministry experience, where have you seen the most tension caused by misplaced roles? Yeah, I would say three areas, Brandon, and you know, this wasn't a message I was even supposed to preach, but it was a message as we continued to develop it that I just thought, man, I'm really passionate about this. I I have a lot of conversations one-on-one, one-on-two, two-on-two with Danielle and I and couples. I I talk too much about this to individuals to not talk to our whole congregation about it. I would be missing an opportunity to have a conversation with people that I've had with a lot of people, and really I probably need to have— with our entire church. So yeah, there's a lot of tension in relationships caused by misplaced roles. I see it really in three primary places. One, I see it in couples who get married, but they never truly leave their family of origin. You know, in Genesis 2.24, when Adam and Eve are put together by God, it says, for this reason, a man and a woman will leave their families and they will cling to one another. The thought there that we talk about in ministry is leave and cleave. You you know, you let go of one family of origin to begin a brand new family of origin. And listen, all of us should stay deeply connected, right, to our families of origin as, as much as we can, especially uh, when our parents in older age need our help. I believe there are some biblical commands there. Uh, but when your over-connectedness to your family of origin leaves you under-connected, to your spouse and to your children and to friendships and relationships and to the calling that God has placed on your life, it's it's going to place some unnatural tension on you. When you continue to choose mom and dad over husband and wife, when you continue to choose brother and sister over son and daughter, it's going to create a lot of really unhealthy tension. So that's one area I see at kids who get married, but they really still see their primary role as as being in their family of origin, a son, a daughter, a brother, or a sister. The second place I see it is really obvious, people who put career before family. You know, we talked about the, you know, a, a, a married father of children uh, who's a Christian, their primary role is going to be as a child of God, their secondary role is going to be as a husband or a wife, their third role is going to be as a parent, their fourth role is going to be, you know, to provide for their family. But there's a lot of people who their A number one role is to provide for my family. Their career becomes their first love and often their only love uh, because God, they don't have any time left for God. They don't have any time left for a spouse who says, I'm not going to put up with it anymore. And they don't have any time left for kids who say, dad loves me more, or dad loves his job more than he loves me. Um, You know, mom loves her job more than she loves me. So I see a lot of tension created when people put career and their job before their family and then I'm beginning to see more and more just at this stage of my life and ministry in our church um, of hurt parents, just like Mary. Right? Not not bad people, just hurt people. You know, Mary walked into the temple, you know, she'd she'd been given the gift of a Messiah. I mean, like her primary role was to carry 
and birth the Messiah and get him ready to go be the Messiah. And when he started to do that, it it deeply hurt her, right? Because it was her little boy. And she didn't say, why are, why are you stepping into your role? She said, how could you treat me like that? It was deeply, deeply personal. Uh, and, and to see parents, you know, as a, as a former youth pastor, you know, I got hundreds of students who are now 30, uh, you know, late 20s, 30. Um, they're getting married, and they're really struggling with their mom and dad because their mom and dad don't understand why they don't come home for every holiday, even though they've kind of got four, four families, a lot of them, almost all of them, too. Um, they don't understand why they don't call once or twice a week. You you would be surprised at the number of parents who contact me as a former youth pastor and ask me to reach out to their married kids and tell them to call home. I mean, not in the double digits, but close. Just random people I will hear from that will say, hey, can you can you text my son or my daughter who's in their late 20s, early 30s, married, and tell them to call their dad? Tell them to call their mom, you know, and I have to say, you know, really, that's that's not my role. I, I haven't even seen your kid, you know, in a decade, but they're they're still kind of, you know, there's there's this just hurt parent connection. We see it in Mary. It's not wrong, but there certainly is tension in that. So I still see that. I think I'm experiencing that more at this level of ministry because I've got kids who I've got kids who I've ministered to who are adults I've got parents who I've ministered to who are moving towards grandparents. And it's just, it's just a, it's a changing role, right? And we said change brings tension. So you got to learn to manage attention. So those are probably the three areas that I see it the most. Well, let's talk directly to parents for just a moment who are listening right now. You had a great thought in your message. You said stepping into your purpose looks like stepping away from your family. Uh, for the most part, every parent, I believe, wants to see their child step into their God-given purpose. So what are some signals for us as parents and for those parents that are listening right now that our children are beginning to step into their purpose? Yeah, here's what I would say. When you begin to look at your child and you see them really operating with ease and effectiveness and impact, like they are it it begins to seem like they're doing what they created to do. It's not real hard on them. You know, like it's the class that they always get an A in, even though they don't study a lot, even though they struggle in others. They're really effective at, at what they do. You watch them serve. You just kind of watch them for a distance and think, wow, they, they seem really good at that. And then they have impact. You should look and you're like, they're making a difference. Like, this thing is better because they're involved in it. As you watch your kids operate with ease and effectiveness and impact, and, and they're impacting people for the, the good of others. They're impacting the world for the good of people and the glory of God. I think you begin to see, hey, maybe, maybe this is an area not only that I need to be willing to allow them to step into, but I need to like I need to I need to put wind in their sails. I actually need to push them further away from me so I can push them closer to their purpose. When you see them helping others, push them in that direction. When you see them bringing life to others, push them in that direction. When you see a group of people that seems to be giving them so much life that they don't need as much from you anymore, push them in that direction. It's hard but it's really, really important. Danielle and I are living through that right now with our son, who will be 17 this summer. Took his first college visit just last weekend. Uh, you know, at a college, it's seven hours away from home. And Danielle just said, man, that's, 
that's really far away for us. And I said, we're not going to decide where he goes to college based on us. Like, right, that's, that. I mean, that's that's the whole thought of this message. And I get it. I mean, I, I want to, right? I, I want to see him as much as possible. I want to be there for him. But we need to we need to breathe wind into the sails of our kids, even if it's pushing them further away from us, if it's pushing them closer to God's purpose for their life. It's really, really hard. Mary and Joseph struggled with it. They are way better Christians than I will ever be. Um, like they, they were Jesus' earthly parents. If they struggle with it, I certainly am going to struggle with it. But it's something to be aware of. Roles change. And that's the whole goal of this message. Develop a new awareness, right? Develop an understanding. Try to learn how to communicate it and try to try to learn how to manage the tension of it. Well, you stated in your message that as our individual roles change within our families and the roles of a family change as well, um, you gave us a very clear example of how your roles have changed within your life and, and, and in your family. As you laid out that chart, Pastor Christian, that you showed to us on Sunday, at what age did you find the most tension caused by the changing of the roles? Yeah, so the first time it got really really tense for Danielle and I. There were, you know, there was there was tension in our schedule. It was when my kids were in middle school. And here's why. When my kids were in middle school, their schedules started to become very real. Like they they had a full-time schedule of their own with school. You couldn't pull them out of school anymore to go to Disney World or family reunion for a week. They just had too much homework to catch up on. Their sports schedules were real. They practiced a lot and played a lot. And all of a sudden, you you realize we are we are stealing time from the life of our children to be able to keep up the same schedule that we've always had with extended family and, and even some of our roles in our ministry. Like, you know, we're we're looking at these kids now who from you know thirteen to eighteen they've got kind of five years to lean into who they are to do what they want to do if they like to play sports. So few kids go on to college and play sports. Like they've got this five year window. So we are either going to have to make this time be about them or we're going to have to prioritize a role that I would say, you know, I preached it Sunday is a little is lesser. Uh, we're going to have to steal time from our kids and, and the, the good of their life to try to keep up with other relationships. And we had to start navigating through that tension when our kids were in middle school. So, you know, from an extended family position, middle school brought tension into our life. Now that my son is in high school, my daughter will be there next year. Really probably the tension is on our marriage because they're just really, really busy. And to keep up with everything that our kids are doing, we can have lots and lots and lots of family time where we're not actually together. Our kids are doing something. Danielle and I are watching, surrounded by friends and other parents. And Danielle and I can be together hours upon hours upon hours upon hours watching our kids, supporting our kids, and never spend a minute together. So there, there begins to be tension on our date nights, uh, on, you know, on just our level of personal interaction where we really have to pull away. Our favorite thing to do now is to go out to eat without the kids and tell them no. We love having them involved. They love to come out to eat with us, but it's like we're going to go out to dinner. Like where we're going, like, well, you, you are going to the kitchen. We are going out to dinner because our whole life revolves around you, and we haven't talked to each other without somebody else around for two weeks. So there's just there's just tension that that we have to 
continue to work through to make sure that the primary roles get the primary and prioritized time. So, Pastor Christian, you provided practical steps to finding peace in a dysfunctional family. That's our ultimate goal is finding that peace, right? First, you you said we need to understand our role. Second, we need to communicate our role. And then third, we need to manage our role in ways that shows our heart. So let's press in on, on one of the tools that you gave to us on the area of communication. Once we properly understand our roles, how do we lovingly and productively communicate our roles? So that's a great next step question that I'm not going to fully answer because it uh, is such a necessary next step question that our entire message on May 20th gotcha. answers this question because you cannot tell people understand, communicate, and manage without telling them how. Exactly. And it's bigger than a podcast. So on May 20, we'll be talking deeply about the how. But I want to say this. I'm hoping my family isn't listening to this series and these podcasts. Because I've sure not I've not done this as well as I preach this. I mean it's it's easier to know what to tell people than to do what you're telling people. So I just I mean right off the bat I want to say listen it's hard. I mean, I feel you. Again, if Jesus' family had tension, right? I mean, an angel from heaven came and told Mary, this is who your son is going to be. Then the same angel went and told Joseph, this is who your son is going to be. Jesus dropped out of heaven into a womb and onto the earth. And when when they finally pushed go, everyone was frantic. So it's not going to be easy for my family. It's not going to be easy for your family. We can guide and direct, but you ask, you know, how do we lovingly and productively communicate our roles? I've not done this well because I'm a people pleaser, especially when people have poured into me. I don't want to disappoint them. And who's poured into me more than my family? Who's poured into me more than my parents? So to say, hey, you're, you're number six, just, it just seems disrespectful unless number one is God. Number two is Danielle. Number three is Christian and Casey. Number four is, you know, my my career that provides for my family. Number five is what God created me to do. I mean, only if you look at all the roles do you have freedom to say this is just the reality. So it's really, really hard. But here's here's what I've learned works well when we try to do this, and we've we've done it the wrong way. I mean, we've 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 tried to just assume that everyone knows what's going on. We've tried to be passive aggressive in it. We've tried to make excuses. Those things haven't worked. When when we've done it well and we've not done it well enough, we've learned that we always apologize for the change. Yes. You know, we listen, we know we know things aren't always going to be the way they are, and we're really sorry. We try to show our heart, right? I mean, that's that's the thought. Jesus on the cross at least showed his heart. Hey, I'm I'm sorry for this role change, but here's what I'm gonna do. So you try to try to apologize for the change. For us, we've tried to make it up in other ways. Uh, it's like, listen, we can't be every place for Thanksgiving and Christmas anymore. With our kids' schedule, work schedule, sports schedule, we can hardly go for Thanksgiving or Christmas at all. Because you know, your, I mean, your kids once they're in high school sports, they they get Thanksgiving Day off, but they have practice the day before and they have it the day after. And Christmas break's not really Christmas break. They play holiday tournaments mm-hmm. over Christmas break. So if you're committed to a team, it's like you don't even have those things. So for us, trying to find. Um, you know, time another way. It's like, listen, we know late October, there's no holiday going on, but our kids have parent-teacher conferences and they're off for a couple of days. Could we kind of do a family thing that feels like Thanksgiving and, hey, the first weekend of December is kind of dead? Could we 
maybe try to do Christmas then and you know we we don't have time to go on a vacation with the whole family because we're taking our own family vacation I'm a I'm a massive proponent that families need to go on vacation without all of their extended family if they can't go on too um you know it's like I, I, we have families in our church who have never taken a vacation together because their vacations are always to visit their families they don't even know what they enjoy they don't even they don't have any family memories of their own because they're all you know they're all with the the bigger family um but that doesn't mean you can't spend a weekend together right it's just trying to maybe try to try to make it up another way realize it is personal even though it's not it is i mean for you it's like it's not personal my kids are just really really busy well it's not personal for you but it is for them so realize it's personal apologize for it try to be as sensitive as you can uh, and we'll we'll talk about the rest on May 20 how to communicate in advance communicate through conflict um you know a- ask questions instead of giving answers but it's a it's hard and uh, i i would give myself like a c minus on this area I, my parents and my sisters would tell you i am below average probably not failing anymore there were times in middle school where i just didn't know how to say we're too busy so they would have given me an f i'm probably a c minus now my mom might give me a d <laughs> I think we've all been there. So let, you heard it here. You need to come back and listen on May 20th to, for the rest of that answer. It's going to be a, a very good very good podcast. Last question, Pastor Christian, to wrap up our day. You showed us on Sunday how Joseph, later in his life, managed family roles well in the midst of, a, in the midst of massive dysfunction. What words of encouragement would you have to the person listening today who's living in the midst of massive dysfunction and family roles that are entirely out of alignment? Where can they start disassembling dysfunction today? Great question. So here's what you need to know. If you're not doing any of it, you can't do all of it. Right. If you're not doing any of it, you said, you know, if they're way out of balance, you can't do all you can't say I'm changing everything. It doesn't work that way. So if you're not doing any of it, what do you need to do? Make your chart. Right. Go go put together your your roles as they are today in order of the responsibilities and the priorities God has given you. Put together your chart, see it on paper and then begin to envision it envision it in life and maybe make one small change a month with a goal that within one to three years, very slowly, you're going to rearrange your life towards health and functional family health. So you may be someone who spends entirely too much time at work. You can't quit your job, but you can you can take off one Saturday this month and spend it with your kids. You may be somebody like my wife and I who spend entirely too much time chasing your kids around and not enough time alone. You can have one date this month. So you see what I'm saying? You just make one change a month. You may have never taken a vacation as a family by yourself. You've already got a family reunion scheduled this year with the big family. Don't cancel it. But next year, take a weekend together, just a weekend with your family. Just small, subtle changes with a plan that that one Saturday this month is going to become two Saturdays in two months, and in six months, it's I'm going to take every Saturday off. Saturday's going to be a family day. Um, you know, next month, I'm going to try to take one date night. But six months from now, I'm going to try to take a date night every week. You just very slowly begin begin to make changes, but with an end date that by this time, 
I will totally change the way my life works. And I may need a new job. And my kids may not be able to play 15 sports. They might have to cut back to one or two. Uh, and we might not be able to spend so much money on X because we're going to dig a little uh, into a fund to create a date fund for my spouse. And it's just subtle changes a little bit at a time. Start with the chart. Start with one thing a month and just slowly start making changes. I love it. Start small, but start now. Start exactly. small, yep. but start now. Well, Pastor Christian, thanks again for another great episode. And we want to thank you for listening today. We hope that our conversation has been helpful to you as you begin to disassemble the dysfunction in your family. Listen, if we can assist in any way, please send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. We're happy to respond back to you. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, Help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.